Back for another Zen Trap Travels. I'm one of your two hosts, Zen P. Yogi LG. Uh, Yogi LG, why don't you tell them what location we're reviewing today? All right, today we are reviewing Portugal, Lisbon, Portugal. I'm super excited about this spot. I heard a lot about Portugal, different areas, Porto, Lisbon, um, but we decided to go with Lisbon. Uh, we were staying in a hostel, so uh, we knew that was going to be an interesting time. We were going to meet a bunch of people. Um, and this is a really nice hostel. I think when we first got there, I think we got there on a Monday. Um, yeah, yeah. So we came from Dublin. Right. And uh, we got there late at night. It wasn't late, but it was like nighttime. It was probably like 11. Yeah, yeah it was It was probably 10, 10 30, 11. 11. And when we first got out there, we were looking for like an Uber, but couldn't find where Ubers pick up. So we had to get in the cab line, and that cab line was Ooh, like two. It went two hours. It was probably an hour though. It was like forty-five minutes, but it was close. It, it was, was it was a lot of people in that line. It was a lot of people in the line, and it was hot outside. So it just like it's like ten o'clock at night, and it's like hot with all these bags after you've been walking. So it felt like a long time, but it was probably yeah. an hour. Yeah, they had a good um, system where cabs was coming in. Yeah. Like they driving to like four or five spots, people go up and keep moving. So that was yeah, really cool. But it's still it was a lot of people, but they were getting them in and out. Yeah. Uh cab driver we had drove like crazy. <laughs> I was worried if everybody in Portugal drives like this or what, but yeah. this dude picked us up and he probably honked this horn twenty times and it was only probably like a fifteen minute drive or something. <laughs> if that. And he was zooming through these streets like he was like a madman. <laughs> It's crazy, yeah. In the back seat, swerving. Um, so yeah, but the hostel at like midnight. Checked in. Um, every, of course, you got to go in the room quiet. We in a room, pitch like, black room, quiet. Yeah, it's ten. It's ten beds in this and house. Of course, we room. got top bunks again. Yep. So we so, climbing on the top bunks. Yeah. Uh, so then the next day, we kind of just chilled, went and looked for food. Um, we ate a spot called Ropa Stupa. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like random different food, but we got like chow mein and uh, butter chicken. Like yeah, it, was, type it, was it was good. It was cool. Sangria was good. You put like cool. seven different liquors in the sangria, so that was good. Yep. Um, other than that, for the most part, we was just really chilling and walking around and stuff. I found like a little outside park to work out at. Um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, actually, we walked to one first, like one that was kind of far. Yeah, we walked to one, and it was. Uh, think about Portugal. It's kind of like San Francisco. Like For it's sure. a lot of hills. Um, the city was kind of built that way, so it's definitely you could walk somewhere and it'd be like, "Oh yeah, this ain't far," but you end up climbing like a fucking mountain or up and down these hills. And then like yeah. the views on the way was pretty cool. Walked through a couple parks. Um, yeah. Walked across this like bridge that it was like a train running below yeah. and all this other stuff. So it was it was nice views on the way to the walk. But again, it was it was a nice little walk. Yeah, we took an Uber back. Um, For sure. Uh, then I think the day after that, that's when we went to the timeout market. Yeah. So we, uh, had a cooking class that was kind of in an area called, is it called Amarada? 
I have no clue. Yeah, so it's kind of like across the river, um, but bef- like right in that area before you can like take the ferry across the river is just like this cool market called Time Out Market. It's basically like a food hall, but during the day, like earlier in the day, they have an actual market. So fish, fruits, all this kind of stuff, and then you go on the other side, and there's like a really. Ex- I found out Time Out Market is in a lot of actual big cities. So like oh. across the world, there's a bunch nice. of timeout markets. So definitely look out for those. Um, and uh, maybe a foreign city you're going to. Are they all essentially like food halls? Yeah, hmm. basically. So um, yeah, it's like all these different places to eat, all these different types of food inside of the market with like seats and like vendors with drinks and stuff. But like they got like, of course, if you have been to a food hall, you know what we're talking about. But like they got like breakfast type foods. They got Asian cuisines. They got the local cuisines like. Almost anything you want, steak, burgers and fries, what like whatever yep. you can get sangrias made, it was wine tastings, everything that you can imagine. They had a Taylor Port stand, had to hit that up. <laughs> For sure. Um, so that was really cool to go in there. We kind of just walked around that area for a minute yep. um before we had to take the ferry over to our cooking class, which was super cool. Um the lady we did it at her home, so she met us kind of uh, at the dock when we got off on that other side of the river. And we walked to her house, which was close. Um, it was pretty cool. She stayed in like, I don't know, like a high rise building, I would say. Something like that. It's an apartment. Yeah, yeah apartment. Um, so we went in there and did a cooking class, which was pretty good. We made local cuisine from Portugal. Um, we made a custard pie that they're known for. I'm trying to remember the name of that. Uh Let's see. It's called uh, Pastes de Nata is what it's called. And then we made uh, Baclaha a Gomez, which is a potato and cod and mm-hmm. onion and garlic dish with like olive oil. That was pretty good. We had some wine. She gave us wine. We made clams. That was an appetizer. Um, I never made clans before, so that was pretty cool. It was a pretty authentic experience. Um, she was really nice. I'll take one or two also. And then... See. Next. A lot of pressure. He escaped. Yeah, he always escapes. Okay. <laughs> I'm probably just waiting You are the one taking pictures, and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly what
I know that our olives are even different from the... <laughs> Yeah, she she had. I've never seen like I I think I've seen it maybe once in life, but it's been a while. Uh, like a pet stuffed, and it was a turtle that was like she used to have a pet turtle, I guess. And this is a big ass turtle too, like big, almost big as like a small dog, and it looked like a statue, like it looked bronzed and everything. But she was just like, no, that's the re that's my real pet turtle that used to be or whatever, and got him like stuffed in. So, embalmed, in whatever it's called, when you put embalmed, embalmed and stuff, stuff like that is crazy. Because that, I don't know, I'm sure it's something they probably spray on it and all of this other stuff. But whatever it is, that that really intrigued uh, me. Um, but then she, uh, we sat around. She said she was going to take us to go see the sunset by the ferry, by the dock and stuff. It was amazing. Yeah, beautiful Amazing sunset. views. Um, then we was taking the ferry back. And on the way back, it was like a black dude in front of us. He had a backwards hat on and like, I don't know how you can just look at somebody and kind of tell they're from America. And then I heard him speaking English and stuff. So when we got on the ferry, I was like, hey man, what's up? Like you, you from America? He's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm from, I don't even know where he said he was from. But I think he, he was like by way of Houston, but he went to school in North Carolina or something like that. Yeah. Cause he went to NC state. Yeah. Um, but he was cool. He gave us all his contact stuff. Apparently, he travels a lot or has been. He's like living in Dubai and playing football. He's like a meteorologist and all this other stuff. It's crazy. Um, he's uh, doing a podcast too. I told him we definitely probably try and get him on and talk to him about in more detail about the stuff he has going on. So when we got back, um, he was going to a music festival that was happening on in like the middle of the woods somewhere with one of his homeboys and stuff in Portugal. So he was literally all in it. He had like the little backpack travel backpack on and stuff um so i chilled with him and got beers when we got back by the dock and it had like pizza and stuff lizzie was feeling a little under the weather anyway like you you got like semi-sick like yeah. earlier that day so she wasn't feeling too good so she headed back to the airbnb or the, or the hostel um but we just chilled and talked for a minute super cool dude uh definitely had some interesting viewpoints that uh, i'm i'm sure he would love to talk about so 
can't wait to get them on, do like life story in under a minute and stuff. And I think that'll be really interesting. Um, the next day, I got up and worked out. Look again, Lindsay was still feeling a little bit under the weather, so she chilled. Yeah. I actually got up and went to go get a COVID test, uh, find some medicine. So I like left the room, went in to go do that. Uh, COVID test oh, came back. Yeah, negative. you got yeah. sick probably because of them girls in the room. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Hundred uh, percent. We had like some girls in the room that was from like Texas as well. Random. They was like coughing the whole time. Like as soon as we young, got in there, Caucasian girls. They were like. 1920 or something. I don't know. They was traveling for the summer. Before, yeah. Yeah, they went to like, like when, I don't know. 15 they, countries in six weeks. Yeah, they they were doing aggressive travel. But when they came back in the room, it was like middle of the night. And you just hear them like, just like one girl coughing, like coughing a lot and stuff. Heck and she yeah. was like right below my bunk. So that was the weird, that was the weird part. But I mean, there ain't much you can do about that. Like, yeah. So I like text P like, hey, these girls sick. I can hear. Like, that was like, Tuesday morning, like as soon as we got there, I was like, oh, they sick. And so by Wednesday, I was definitely not feeling good. So I went to go get a COVID test, but it kind of, you know, got me out the house. Um, so I actually waited on my COVID test. I went and explored a little bit. I was in a random area, just took the train there, uh, walked to kind of almost the dock where we had been for timeout market. So I kind of walked that way and just saw a different side of the city, a lot of restaurants, a lot of People just out and about chilling, so it was just cool to kind of just sit out and sit at a coffee shop. And I got some Starbucks to try to like, you know, got some fresh juice and some other stuff just to try to make myself feel better. Okay, cliffhanger. COVID test results. COVID test results were negative, uh, thankfully. Um, so I felt comfortable going back in the room, but I, you know, I was still wearing my mask and stuff just because I didn't want to get nobody else sick. But I was definitely down uh, all day Wednesday. Slept a lot. Um, I had to teach Lindsay how to spit out mucus. Like she kept going around, just like I don't know. I'm sure it's not lady like the spit and stuff, but yeah, like exactly. when you're walking around with all this mucus and you just keep swallowing it, it's not gonna help you get better and you're gonna stay sick longer. So literally, I feel like after I told her that a couple hours later, she wasn't even doing all the like sniffling and stuff no more. It's like you gotta go ahead and get that up off you, dog. Yeah, so I just don't like the hack, but yeah, cool. So I kind of stayed in. I think. Wednesday, I don't know if you went out anywhere. You might have stayed in. No, nah, we went and got dinner. We got pizza at some place. And oh, yeah, then yeah, yeah. Um, that's when we got we got the pizza. And then we was over there by where that place had the good views at. And it was like oh, graffiti yeah. and a train that went down. Yeah, so they literally yeah. had like a tram. Again, it's very similar to San Francisco. A tram that literally just goes down the end of the street and back up. That's all they do. And you pay like two euros or a euro something. Yeah, just because it's a steep ass hill. So, like, people don't want to walk it, so they just put trams around the places to get you up and down. It's crazy. And you sitting on that tram literally waiting for, like, five minutes for it to go because they got to get it kind of full and stuff. <laughs> Waste of money, in my opinion. But I guess if you're going up the hill, for sure, maybe that's worth two euros. It's worth it. Sure. Um, after that, uh, we went to a museum the next day, uh, the oh. Lisbon Story Century uh, at Commerce Square. Uh, first of all, Commerce Square is really dope, just the history behind it and just how it looks is super big. I'm sure that's like the one of the big landmarks of Lisbon yeah. for sure. And the museum was cool. It was semi-boring just because like the tone and stuff. We did the audio tour, but it was very informative for sure. Like it was so, a lot of information. We learned about like there was a big earthquake in 1755, I think, or 56. Oh, um, that basically kind of like tore down most of Lisbon. So this square that we were in were kind of was kind of like the center for their rebuilding. 
Um, so they kind of built the city kind of how they wanted. They made these structures that were kind of withstand against earthquakes and stuff like that. But this city center was kind of like the the start of let's rebuild Lisbon. Um, so that was pretty cool. There was an earthquake and a fire. So it was a, a lot that happened. Um, yeah, a lot of natural disasters yeah. or whatever. So that was really cool to learn about. But again, well, it's kind of boring, but it was cool. It was informative. That movie they showed was real graphic. It was a lot. So they showed like a short film of like reenactment of the earthquake happening and stuff and then them like rebuilding. But they literally showed like men, women, children in there, like pretty much getting crushed in a church and stuff and all this. It was, a little, it, was, little, it, was it wasn't gory per se. It was just they literally were showing like bodies of people and blood everywhere and stuff, yeah. children laying there, uh, people trying to find their kids and stuff when they, yeah. you know, after the earthquake has happened and just looking for loved ones and stuff. It was it was traumatic. I'll say that. It was, yeah. But uh, we went to like a restaurant right around that, that area. That square has a lot of restaurants. We just sit outside to eat. So we went to a restaurant right after that, uh, just kind of chill, ate. I think we got like sandwiches, burgers, something like that. Yep. Ate and just kind of watch people watch. I enjoy people watching every once in a while. So that was kind of cool to do. Um, then I think we were decided to do the pub crawl that night. Yeah, that we went back to the hostel and chilled and then we signed up for the pub crawl that night. So the hostel was really cool. Like they have a walking tour every day at like eleven. You could go for free. Uh, they got a pub crawl. It's like what was it, like eighteen, eighteen dollars, twenty dollars, something like that. Um, that you can go to. I think they do that like every night as well. Was it every night? So like yeah, Thursday through Sunday, or maybe it was every night. It's almost like every night. They had like yoga you could do. The hostel had, I would say, a very nice kitchen sitting area outside area so it was a pretty nice had a bar hostel. yeah had a bar downstairs it was kind of open to the public that kind of was open to the public so that was pretty cool but we decided to do a pub crawl that night um i think we went downstairs to the bar you get like a free shot starting at the bar and then at the first bar you go to uh, we meet up with like a bunch of other people that are doing this pub crawl. Yeah, I didn't know that. So we met up with like a whole lot of other either yeah. hostels and other people who signed up for pub crawls. All met at this one location. And at the first bar, you get uh, beer and wine unlimited for free or whatever. So it's like beer and sangria or something. So they was like, make sure you drink up at this bar. And then the next, the rest of the bars, you got to pay for your drinks or whatever. Yeah. Um, first bar, you met that couple. Yeah, we met a couple that like left their life. They basically sold everything. They're from Ohio. Um, I think she was a doctor. I don't remember what his occupation was, um, but they basically were traveling all over the world for like until they ran out of money, basically, which was super cool. So they were telling us about all these experiences they had, all the places they've been. Um, and she's like, the wife is doing all the travel planning. I'm like, dang, that's like tough like she's finding all this super cool stuff uh to get into like these small cities that you can go see that are on mountains and stuff but yeah they were really cool. she enjoys it though like, yeah. she uh knows like flag history and stuff too she was very very chatty um talkative which is not a bad thing she she was showing us all these pictures and stuff from all the stuff they did telling us about their favorite spots and stuff uh different places to go uh, they did majority of the bar crawl. I think on the second or third bar, they uh, I dipped. Yeah. yeah, they dipped. But the pub crawl itself was uh cool for what it was. What it was definitely a good way to like uh, meet people and the people that you're at the hostel with. Go out and have like drinks and stuff. 
uh, one of the dudes that was working the pub grawl, he was like English. His name was Ben. He had just started like two weeks ago. And it was funny because like the dude that was in, I guess, the lead uh, attendant of it, he was like fussing at Ben the whole time. Like, uh, slow down. Go, go, go. Get your slow down. Like, so they all had umbrellas and like yellow shirts. They had yellow umbrellas and yellow shirts. So you're supposed to follow these two guys because we got like probably 100 people with us. Something like that. It's, it's a lot of people. And you just walking through the streets and the streets are crowded. So uh, he's like telling Ben, like, you need to slow down. Okay, now you need to go. You need to raise your umbrella. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So ben is like, I'm messing brother. up. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and Ben is a person that you can tell. He's very, like, he likes to talk. He wants to, like, drink and have fun, too. So he's talking to everybody. And then he gets, like, distracted. Like, oh, okay, no, back, back to the... <laughs> whatever but as we kept going to different bars of course they get they got to get like drinks and stuff too so they got way more chill and relaxed and stuff um we got to the third bar and um they stopped us on the way because the last thing for the pub crawl is a club where we going That's good. I, I want a dollar about it. You want to? I got You're it. using my image. Okay, I got you. Fucking mayhem. And they stopped us right before going to the club saying, hey, if anybody has drinks in their hands, you need to finish the drinks now. You need to sober up looking a little bit because they won't let you in the club if you look too drunk. Um, so they were just giving us the rundown for like this club we about to go into. They were saying like we about to give you these cards when you go in. Do not lose that card. If you lose the card, it's a fee, uh, yeah. which is weird. I've never seen a club that did something like this before. But yeah, so you can't buy drinks unless you have a card. Correct. So basically, you like they put however many drinks you get on this card, and when you leave the club, you got to give them the card and you pay. And I guess at the, the exit total and you pay yeah. at the exit. Yeah. And if you don't have the card when you're coming out acting like you just threw it away or lost it, it's a splat fee for yeah. how much card costs. And it's like something crazy. Yeah. Which is, I, that's different. That's real it, different. It makes that's sense, good. though. It makes sense in the sense that if you lose that card, I'm going to charge you a flat fee. That's ridiculous. But so I just feel like so many ways for people to uh, get people on that. Like, I'm going to yeah. swap cards with people. Not yeah. It's a lot of different ways where yeah. it wouldn't be. Yeah. Good, I guess, but whatever. Luckily, we kept our cards. So we got up to this club. Uh, the club was cool, I guess. It's a club, a bar, whatever type. It's like yeah. rooftop vibes. Um, you can go outside. It's yeah, it's enclosed. You outside. You get the water and stuff. Uh, music was like pop, housey, or whatever. Just a lot of people up there. It was probably like 1.45 in the morning at that point, and we were just tired, for real, just sleepy. For like, real. all right, I'm over it. So Because the pub, bro, you had to walk. Like, you was yeah, walking. you had to walk the whole time, and then, like, most of the places, it was hard to get a seat, so you might sit down for a little bit, but you ain't sitting down for long. So um, I looked up public transportation, and it said, like, literally the last bus was leaving at, like, 2.30. After that, it was no more buses for the rest of the night. We're going to have to get a cab. Or, you know, well, we ain't yeah. walking, but you have to get a cab. Yeah. So we was like, all right, cool. We right by the bus stop. So we walked outside. Again, it was literally there, right there. It was probably like 1.50, 2 o'clock at that point. So everybody's riding around on scooters and stuff. And um, disclaimer right here. Uh, 
I'm sure as you've seen us post episodes and stuff, you're not believing the fact that like we're just trying this out just to uh, <laughs> uh, figure out how we can do virtual interviews. That is true, but it's not the full truth. Me and Lindsay are not in the same location anymore. Um, and this story will alert you as to why that is. <laughs> All right, so, so- Go ahead. Scooters, scooters are everywhere. We see people on scooters in the middle of the night, literally just riding around, flying around. Uh, me, I would like to again start this story. Me and Lindsay are extremely sober, not even close to tipsy or drunk from this pub crawl. Because again, we had a lot of drinks in the beginning of it, but towards the middle, we weren't buying drinks. Of course, we were just chilling. So it was good. It was good. Just tired. So I, I proposed off of like, hey, man, they got these scooters. It looks like it'll probably take. 10 12 minutes to get home on a scooter um it'll probably be like what like five euros or something three euros you you down to these scooters she was like yeah why not let's do the scooters all right cool so we finding scooters getting downloading the app and all of that hop on the scooter we taking this way we on this like cobblestone road by the dock area and then uh i'm gonna leave because i got my phone in one hand looking down at it trying to uh drive and we we going we we got, got like the water over here and we going down this cobblestone road and then about like I'm not good with measurements but like I don't know uh, 25 yards away 20 yards away maybe is like the road is about to get smoother but to get to that point uh, you have to get off this like dock area and kind of hop down on this curb and then the road gets back to like regular road and I don't know if you want to take it from there because I was in like the front of Lindsay yeah so. I see P's in front of me. He's kind of guiding us. All right, so I'm getting a hang of it. We're going down this cobblestone road. All I see is the cobblestone is ending. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because so I see him kind of hop over. He hops over. And he, like, once he gets on the smooth road, he takes off. So he's probably, like, once I see him hop off, he's, like, I don't know, 40 yards in front of me. And so I'm like, all right, cool. I got. I guess I got to hop over. So I'm going to hop over. And I can almost see a spot where I'm like, oh, shit, am I about to hit this dip? I hope I don't hit this dip. And I like turn while I'm turning, hit the dip. I can tell I'm about to fall, right? So natural reaction, you're on a scooter. I put my foot down. When I put my foot down, I can feel that I, I injured myself. I popped my knee, something twisted my knee, something like that. So I go down and I like yell. As I'm going down, I know I need to scream now because P is gone. Like he's like 40, 50 yards in front of me at this point. And I'm like, fuck, if I don't scream now, He's not gonna hear me, and I don't know where he gonna. No, nah, I, I would have definitely turned around, but because yeah, I, eventually. I but we, you were also me. like, you was about to do, do a turn or something, so you would have seen. Yeah, like, yeah. damn, where Lindsay at? I immediately uh, heard you. I think again, not only did you scream for my attention, you screamed because you was in pain. Because I heard you, uh, yeah. literally the first one. You was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah, so I end up falling. I know at this point I've injured myself. I scream out to pee. He turns around, comes back. He's like, all right, well, let me get our scooters closed out. Let me park them, and then I'm going to come back. Um, and when he goes and does that, I'm like, I'm on the ground, like, kind of pissed off because I know, like, this is about to be a fucked up night. Like, this is going to be a long night. I'm thinking about everything that's about to happen for the next, I don't know, 24 hours at least, if not the next two weeks, four weeks, couple months. So I'm like, all right, fuck, this random uh, Irish dude comes up to me and he's like, hey, mate, are you okay? Is everything okay? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. I hurt and myself. And she's like 
face down on the ground. Yeah, because I can't figure out what position makes me feel good. So I'm just laying how I feel. I'm I'm closing these scooters out and the scooter is telling me I can't park it here. So it won't allow me to close it out here. So I have to drive it down like 10 yards, 15 yards back down the other way of the dock just to park it so that it will close out. So I had to take my scooter first, run back, get hers and then take that one. So when I take hers and go down and go back, I'm jogging back and I see like two people around her at this point when I'm jogging back. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? So there's another dude that walks up and is like, hey, do you want me to call 911? I'm like, yes. Call 911. And the other dude is like drunk. So he's, he's like just, telling me like. Just drunk. Just talking. He's just trying to be helpful. But he like, mate, don't move. Don't move. I'm like, I need to sit up. I don't want to lay like this no more. He's like, I'm telling you the best thing for you is to not move. I'm like, look, all this hurt is my knee. I can move my upper body. I just need to like. I just need kind of like some space. Anyway, long story short, um, the paramedics show up. Uh, no, 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 no. So <laughs> that dude leave or whatever, but first he was trying to stay for a minute. He's like, do you want me to stay? No. You sure I can stay? No, you don't need to stay. Can you drunk ass home? The other dude called the ambulance in depth. He said they should be here whenever. We waited probably like five or six minutes. Ambulance wasn't there yet. I was like, fuck, we need an Uber then. I call an Uber. Uber can't get to us because we got to be a road over. Of course, she can't walk. So I'm like, all right, fuck. So the Uber, I have to cancel the Uber because the Uber can't get to us. Then like three minutes after that, the ambulance finally pulls up. And the whole time, Lindsay's here laying on the ground. We get her up and she's like posted up on a tree. Um, but she's still in pain, of course. So she's in pain this whole time. And the ambulance finally gets there in like 13, 14 minutes. Yeah, so... Uh, hop on the ambulance. They were telling me I got to hop up. And I'm like, fuck, this is going to be tough. Like, so I end up hopping on. I don't know what position that my leg feels good in. I just know it's hurting constantly, right? So uh, she pulls out, like, some scissors to cut my jeans. I'm like, hold on. This is the only pair of jeans I got for this trip. <laughs> you cannot cut my jeans. I'll take them off. So I take off my jeans. They look at my knee. Obviously, nothing's obvious to the eye. It's like, okay, it looks like, you know, it's like maybe a little bit of swelling, but we can't really tell anything. So they take me to the hospital. P is like, they basically told him what hospital. And he's like, all right, I'll come. Yeah. They told me I couldn't ride in the ambulance. So they were like, this is the hospital we're taking her to. It shouldn't be too far. It was probably like a 20 minute walk, 18 minute walk. Uh, uh, So I was like, all right, cool. Y'all just go ahead. I'll get an Uber or something. I was like, fuck this. I ain't paying for no Uber. So I walked. I, pre- I, I jogged, really. I, I ran into the hospital. Um, All I know is he was there quick. I feel like yeah. by the time I got there and I got, like, checked in and they, like, told him what was going on and got me out the ambulance, got me a wheelchair, P was there. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I um, come in the hospital in the emergency room and just look to the left and I just see her sitting in the wheelchair. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hard part done. Found her. Yep. So, um, um what they rode you to a air a second area where we had to wait a little bit, and at this point, uh, of course, Lindsay's like sad and her leg is hurting, and she's like her whole left side is dusty. She has a scratch on her elbow and a scratch like right here on her face from like hitting the ground and stuff. Um, so we waiting for a while. Everybody in this hospital pretty much speaks uh, Portuguese. They're not very fluent in English at all. It's not a lot of people. It's already still like what three in the morning, thirty three in the morning. At yeah, this it's point like three now. in the morning, three in the morning. So it's the night shift and all of that. So we in there with all these other people that is just like it's hurt and kind of empty, but not really. So she has to get X rays first, 
and it's this little mean looking little nurse. <laughs> and she ain't mean, but she look she just one of those old ladies that look mean or whatever. Uh, she had a short red cut. Uh she came and she don't speak no English uh, at all. And she don't even try. None at all. She came over saying she had to get Lindsay and take her into this x-ray room. And I'm just like, you know, we're trying to talk to her, but she don't speak English. She rolled Lindsay into this room. I don't know what happened, but that <laughs> shit was traumatic. Uh, so I, I go in there. Happened, but I didn't yeah. see it. I go in there. They tell me to get on the table, they, the x-ray table. I can't table. be in there with her. Yeah, yeah. So, so he can't go in with me. I'm like, all right, cool. Out. So <clears throat> um, only thing I know right now is that I can't lift my leg. I can't lift it on my own. That's all I know. And that it hurts like hell if I do. So I get on the table, but I also, what I'm finding out of when I get on the table is I can't let my leg hang. That also hurts. So I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to figure out something. But she don't speak no English. So she just ends up like, I'm I'm trying to like stand straight up so because I can't sit and let my leg hang because I can't bend my knee is what I'm finding out. And so she's like, when I don't like move fast enough, she basically like just throws my leg on the x-ray thing. And of course that hurt like shit. So I'm like, oh my God, like screaming. Anyway, uh, no, then Lindsay she like. is wailing, <laughs> screaming. It was, it was very painful. It was more painful than the actual accident. Like even me laying on the ground, I was screaming like, fuck. I was more so mad. That right there hurt. So then she had to, like, in the U.S., they have x-ray machines that can move around your whatever body part, right? Your knee, they can move to the side, whatever. Well, they couldn't. You have to move your body. So she's telling me to roll over. But I, at first, I didn't understand her. I'm like, scoot over? like, And then she literally takes me and kind of pushes me over, and she throws my other leg on top of my leg. It was horrible. I, again, well. And I'm telling them, like, I can't stay like this. I can't. Because it's hurting so bad. So they finally get us uh, the x-ray, get me back in the wheelchair. When I come out, I'm like shaking. Like, I am literally, it was so painful. Uh, my teeth won't stop chattering, because I guess because of the pain. So my teeth are chattering. I'm like shaking. I walk out, and P's eyes are big as hell. He's like, she looks. Oh. I'm, I'm traumatized. She looked like she just <laughs> been through something crazy. Again, I got to stand yeah. out there with like a security guard, and she just like, screaming for like five minutes like screaming to the top of her lungs she come out the lady look just normal as hell and she just pushing her in this wheelchair looking like ain't nothing happening and Lindsay, like she said shaking arms on her hair standing up and stuff and then we just got to get sat back and over here and just sit here out like ain't nothing happening like ain't no pain meds happening nothing well what you gotta say for yourself well, you look dusty <laughs> you look dusty thank you you need a haircut. I need a haircut. <laughs> Fuck, man. Fuck. What did they say to you? They just like chilling. So the dude was like, after I get an x-ray, then I can get some pain meds. So I get the x-ray, finally go in and see the doctor. Yeah, he we had said, to wait like, another like 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, it's like he, 4 in the morning, 4.30. <laughs> he like, you don't really got, ain't no bones broken, so you should be able to walk. And I'm like. All right. I'm like, sir, I don't expect the bone to be broken, but I'm positive I either tore my ACL, my MCL, something in my knee is torn and I cannot walk. So he asked me if I could put pressure on it. I could put like a little bit of pressure, but not, I can't stand on it. I can't walk. 
So then he tries to like hold it up and all this other shit that makes me hurt a lot. Yeah, he's like, he's telling her, like, look, just try, try and put your, your weight on. I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so uh, he ends up saying, like, all right, well, I can't tell if you tore this tendon, but it looks like you did, but we got to do an ultrasound. You got to wait. And so I knew when he said that, I was going to wait till the morning. I already knew. So I was like, P, I think I'm going to be cool. I'm going to have to wait for a while. They ended up giving me some pain meds. I was trying to figure out what I was taking, like what they was giving me. And the nurse was getting mad because I didn't understand what she was saying. So she was like screaming at me a little bit, like, ah, like saying the words over and over, but screaming them. And I'm like, all right, don't worry about it. Like, just drug me. Fuck it. She um, wrote it down on her phone and like Google Translate. But... Yeah, she was already like hurrying and upset because they sent you in a room with a bunch of other sick people. Like a bunch of everybody that's like been admitted and is waiting. I'm in this room with these people. So it's like a lady next to me throwing up. It's like, it's disgusting. It was horrible. I was like, this is not a good way to do this. If somebody got like something contagious, you just all in here with them. So anyway, um, P ends up leaving. I tell him to go. They set me in this wheelchair in this spot pretty much all night. So I just kind of like dozed off there around eight. 30 in the morning, somebody comes, gets me, uh, wheels me to the ultrasound. I had a really good experience with the nurse in there and the doctor in there. The nurse, like, I had, like, peed all night, so she helped me get to the bathroom. Um, And then the doctor that did the ultrasound was really nice. She, like, slowly bent my knee to try to see, like, if she whatever she could see. She was very patient, um, very gentle, so that was good. They end up finding out that I. They were like, "Yeah, you tore your patella tendon. You're gonna have to have surgery." So I'm like, "All right." So I, I'm like, "Hey, can you, my friend in here? He's here. He's waiting on me." It was probably what nine thirty in the morning at that point, maybe yeah, ten. Something like that. Um. So P comes in here, and I'm like, "All right, this is what they saying, P." And so uh, we kind of deliberate on whether I would want to have surgery in Portugal. Yeah. So the doctor is in there with her, like literally laying on the bed. He literally just told her, like, you you, you need surgery to get the six. And he's saying, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, do we get it? Like, how long do we got to like decide? He's like, well, I need to know now, really. I'm like, OK, well, let's <laughs> let us talk for a little bit. Yeah. So we talking. And as we're talking about it, um, and weighing out kind of pros and cons and stuff. The doctor uh, shows her her x-ray, whatever, or, yeah, the x-ray. And he was like, you've had something wrong with your knee before, huh? And she was like, no. And I was sitting there waiting and thinking, like, yes, you did. Like, a year ago, you literally couldn't bend your, like, not bend, you can move your knee for, like, a month. Like, you couldn't. It was not a month. It was a month. It was not a month. How long was I, it? It was probably two weeks. It was probably two weeks. It was like a month, Lindsay, where you couldn't yeah. run. You couldn't run. I couldn't run. For sure, I couldn't run. First, first, you barely could walk and put pressure on it mm-hmm. for two weeks. Then you could walk after two weeks, but you could not run for a month. Yeah. So I had like, I think it was a softball injury. It was I a softball like, injury. I remember I went up the bat and I twisted my, my knee and I fell. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I remember something. when I would go visit her in her apartment, I would literally have to help her stand up sometimes just because like... And again, I thought she was exaggerating a little bit, but I'm like, hey, if your knee hurt that bad, you need to go to the doctor. Go see what's wrong with your shit. No, I'm good. I'm going to just give it a week. Give it a week or two, see what's going on. Never went to the yeah. doctor for that. Just a couple weeks, I was fine. He I wasn't could, fine. Yeah. He was not fine. 
I mean, I got back running. Like I, I was back fine. Eventually. Yes, eventually your body heals itself. Yes, yeah, that is so correct. Saying. So on the X-ray, she has literally like a sharp point on her knee and stuff. And they like, yeah, that's not normal. That's not supposed to look like that. All that's supposed to be smooth. So she has like literally like these rigged edges on her knee. So at that point, when they add that to it, I'm like, nah, dog. You probably should go back to America and get your shit really evaluated because. If they see that, I mean, I would be cool if they were just doing one type of surgery for one whatever patella tear. But if they seeing something extra wrong with your knee, we probably should do like a full evaluation type thing. So it was like, cool. So they were saying what they can do then, because if she's going to have to fly back, they was like, they're going to have to put a cast on it and she's going to need some medication. She's going to need some crutches and stuff. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So they ready. gave me prescriptions for the medicine. They put a cast on like a a splint technically like a cast on the back and then soft wrapped it all the way around from like my toes all the way up my thigh. Yep. Uh, so it was definitely difficult to like sit because if I don't, if I sit down, I have to keep my legs straight. So I was really ex- kind of interested to see how I was going to fly. Uh, but we figured it out. Like um, got back to the hostel. Well, of course they discharged me. P went and got crutches from the pharmacy. Um, he went and got yeah, my medicine later. Ran to the pharmacy, got her medicine, crutches, only crutches they had available was these little like hand crutches. Uh, she looked like that little boy off of um, what's that shit during Christmas time or Christmas story or whatever. <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some more? Like <laughs> these little hand crutches. Yeah, they go around your arm and then you you know you put your hands on them. Anyway, um, so I got those uh, crutches. She got discharged. Uh, how much was the bill? Uh, one ninety. This nigga got X-rays, MRI, ambulance ride, casted, pain meds, all this shit. Hundred ninety dollars. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I was like, Woo. So that's the only thing that really made us consider. Like, we might need to get this surgery here. Like, go ahead, <laughs> let them do whatever they gonna do. Shit. Yeah. But um, sure. we went back to the hostel. We got a, a Uber. She sat in the back seat and kept her legs straight. I sat in the front. Got her out. Of course, she's you know taking Hop- a while. Crutching, adrenaline, hopping, crutching. Uh, yeah. Get to the bed. I go to the grocery store. Get some some eat some sandwiches. You got and me stuff. moved to the to the lower bunk. Yeah, I got to move to the lower bunk. Up. All of that stuff. I did that the night before, so bed was ready for her when she came back. Um, again, it ain't much she can do. So she's sitting. She's in pain. We trying to get her to move a little bit every now and then. But uh, then you started having like like pain through the night, and you was like, we need to go back to the. Yeah, so I started having a lot of pain in my heel. My heel was hurting just as bad as my knee at some point, and I couldn't, like, get any relief. So I was getting up in the middle of the night and, like, walking to the lobby, and I was sitting in the lobby for, like, an hour, and I would come back to the bed. Uh, So it was just – it was tough. But anyway, went back to the doctor the next day. I was like, y'all need to recast this. Something – got to cast this right. My heel is hurting. And the pain meds you're giving me are not helping my knee. They basically just prescribed me Tylenol. Uh, so they recasted me, um, gave me something like ibuprofen, basically, and told me to alternate, which was cool. I knew I had like a couple more days, and then I was going to be out. So I found a flight, get me home in a couple days. Um, of course, I wanted to find something with like minimum amount of stops and all that kind of stuff. So I finally got a flight. That was a grip, if you can imagine. Um, yeah, last minute flight was a grip. Um, also... Uh, the night we got back, and uh, this is just random. Uh, I guess two of the people in our room, we got new people in the room, um, and they were having sex that night, uh, in the morning. I didn't hear it the first night, but I heard it the second night, and Lindsay was like, 
You didn't smell that. The room was smelling like what? Bologna. It was smelling like bologna in there. I, guess I was like, we need to open to a window. It was, um, but yeah, so like for them next two days or whatever until we we about to uh, leave or she about to leave and get on the flight, um, you know, just had to, to, to help her out or whatever. But uh, like she said, she got a last minute flight. Again, we was worried about just there's a lot of still, a lot of stuff up in the air. We just had to take one thing yeah. at a time because it's like, all right, uh, when she's on the plane, how is her leg going to fit? Uh, it's, yeah. Is the medication going to work? They also gave her these little shots that she had to take for blood. It's like a blood thinner. Sure she don't so you get don't no get blood a... clots while she's yeah. flying and stuff, and she has to take them at certain times. And so it's just again, still a lot of stuff. And this flight is going to be like a long time, no, no matter what, whether it was a direct flight or stops. The out, it's going to be some hours. So um, we got to the airport first of all, and then as soon as she get in there, we got to find a wheelchair. So I'm going around looking for a wheelchair. That took a while. Find a wheelchair, then we got to get her checked in and stuff. Um, you had to pay for your bag because of that, so that was more money. Um, they I paid for an exit row seat, but they told me I wasn't capable. Did you like you, did know, you file a claim for that? Uh, they said they would refund it. I gotta wait, but yeah, you don't have to file a claim. They said they should automatically do it. Okay, I would stay on top of that. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, we get a, a wheelchair and pretty much like the assistance people that comes with it or whatever. Um, they set us in this area to wait. First, the dude was like, oh, it's going to be quick. So like you might, he, he almost said like, yeah, you might want to go ahead and say whatever you're going to say to her because it's going to be like five minutes. So we're like, all right, cool. So we just sitting there talking. Ended up waiting for a whole hour, waiting for <laughs> like, like literally it's like 10 minutes before boarding. Yeah. Um, so we just chilling, uh, waiting, talking or whatever. Good, good, good. Okay. Thank you. Abogado. Abogado. Got my girl in handicap way. Um, they wheel her off, and then I, you know the rest of your story from there. Salutations, safe flight, man. All right. Oh, okay. Hey, so in Portugal, the wheelchair was pretty cool. Like, it had a little flat where I could keep my leg elevated. So it was perfect. Ride through there. You get priority access everywhere through customs. It was just smooth. Literally, I got to my gate. By the time we left that area to my gate was maybe 10 minutes. It was just straight through. Um, So that was really convenient. Got on the plane. Um, They ended up sitting me in a bulkhead. So, of course, during takeoff and stuff, I have to put my my luggage above my head, but during the flight, I can bring it down. So I was like, all right, I'm going to use my book bag. And they gave me this little, at the hospital, they gave me this little straight, I don't know what you would call it, like. Arts and crafts looking board. Wrapped uh, like with tape a board. It. Yeah, a board wrapped with tape to help me keep my leg straight, to kind of put up under my leg. Um, so I was like, I'm going to use that and my book bag, and I'm going to just, I had a blanket with me. I'm going to just set my foot up on that the whole flight. So I was able to do that. I stood up on the flight a couple times to get my blood circulating and stuff just to make sure I was okay. Um, and there was a girl next to me that was really nice. She helped me out a couple times just because, like, just sitting down and putting my leg up was kind of difficult. Um, yeah, got to – now, I will tell you, when I got to the States, it was so different. Uh, the wheelchairs was basic. They was like, no, we don't have no wheelchair, no flat. So I had to, like, hold my leg up with my crutches, which was, like, 
very difficult because we're moving. I'm, my crutches are literally up under my leg as a lever. I hold my leg up. You don't get no priority access. You got to go through regular TSA. Um, the wheelchair dude was very uh, absent-minded, so he was, like, not even really paying attention. Like he, I get back in the wheelchair. I'm like, where are my stuff? He's like, oh, my bad. Like, so it was just real interesting. Um, I got to the gate for my next flight, and they basically like, you got to sit down, and somebody else can come and wheel you uh, to the plane. So I got on the plane, got everything set up. I was able to do that little makeshift thing. Um, again, when I, oh, matter of fact, when I got to D.C. and I got on that plane, I was able to sit in a seat by myself. So the lady at the Ranger, where it was just, it was a small plane, so it was only like two seats on each side. Uh, she was able to give me a seat by myself, so I was able to just put my leg out, sit in the window seat, put my leg out the whole flight. So that was super clutch. clutch. That flight was about three hours, so that wasn't so bad. Um, got home, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Like you know, got I got to ride in the back seat. I go to the emergency room immediately. Um, they do X-rays again. They're like, "Yep, your patella's torn. Um, here's referrals." So I call referrals the next day. Find a surgeon um, or a doctor, I guess, a bone joint doctor. I go to him the next day. He's basically like, I need an MRI. I need to see more. I need to see how bad it's torn. Uh, so I get an MRI to Friday. That was a Monday. On Friday, I get an MRI. Um, results come back the next Monday. I talk to him because I'm like, hey, I'm ready to have surgery. If you need to get surgery, let's get started. I'm ready to heal. And he looks at it. He's like, not only did you tell your patella tendon, Partially, but you tore your ACL, your meniscus, and you have a fracture. So basically, the bone-to-bone contact caused a fracture, so part of your knee chipped off, um, and then your meniscus is torn, uh, your ACL is completely torn, and your patella tendon has some fibers there. Uh, just based off the complexity of this, we're not going to do surgery. I think you should let your patella tendon heal a little bit because if I do surgery on one or the other, it's going to prevent the other one from healing and all this other stuff. So uh, we went with the non-surgery route, and he gave me an immobilizer brace, and I got to be in that for like another week and a half. And then I started physical therapy, and hopefully I'll be back within about three months is what he told me. Three months I should be walking normally um, and – Six months to be six months to a year to be fully recovered. Shit. Yeah. Shit. So that is the story of why Yogi LG is not here. Yeah. But man, I guess uh just to catch up. So she left. That was on like a Saturday. We was already planning to leave the next day on Sunday yeah. anyway. So before she was leaving anyway, we had to re- established bags and stuff because of course we packed so that we were like joint so yeah. i gave her the big suitcase and then i kept the two uh small suitcases. smaller suitcases that are almost like check bags um well they're the smallest check bags like you can do carry on or check bag um but again it was hard to like downsize on the equipment and stuff and all of that and figure out and make decisions um leaving out like i think what, like two days or something after you or a day after you or something a to day. go to yeah. uh, Barcelona or whatever. And um, I don't know, of course, it's just different. So then, like, we, we talked to some of our close friends, of course, everybody asking the same question. Oh, my God, how do you feel? How do you feel? How does it feel? <laughs> so sad and stuff. So I guess, like, that that was pretty much the the entirety of our, like, 
Portugal trip because I mean after that I ain't really doing much either. Like I'm just kind of chilling yeah. and stuff. We had plan like we had planned to go to like Porto the next day after that and do some other stuff. Of course, none of, that, yeah. none of that was going to happen and stuff. So I I guess now that we are here, uh, how'd you feel in the moment? How you feeling now? Uh, yeah, I knew like immediately like it was bad and it was going to damper the trip in some way. I just didn't quite know how much, um, but I feel. Now I think I even like, during the moment we both were like, as fuck. if she's any kind of good, we don't care. We're gonna keep going because yeah. like, if, if I was any kind of good, any, any kind of good, about any kind of good, if they could do surgery and we could keep going, or if they said like, hey, it's fractured, it's just you know real bad, like sprain or something. Yeah, I just know take it, it easy so for a take couple weeks. Cool, we good. We can yeah, yeah we can make this work. But once they yeah. said all this other stuff and she had to go back kind of for certain and stuff. So I think um, ultimately I feel like I, 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 of course, in the moment I felt like I let myself down. I let you down. It was just kind of like a, not let you down, but more so like a damn, I fucked up this big plan that we had. But it showed me obviously plans are just that. It's just kind of what you think is going to happen. And it's not always what God has planned. Um, so I knew there was something I need to learn, something I need to get from being back in the States. One of my first calls was to my brother just because um, I knew he would give me some logical feedback um, and he would be big brotherish. So called my brother, definitely had an emotional moment talking on the phone to him. Um, but I felt in that moment, I felt like a lot of different emotions. Now I feel I feel a lot better about it. Like I think there's something for me to learn from this. I'm super excited about starting the road to recovery. I want my knee to be just as good or even better than before. Um, so definitely like doing a little, there's not really much I could do right now. Doctor was like, don't do a whole bunch of exercises, just chill, but you can like, you know, flex your foot and stuff. Just keep your mobility and your other portions of your leg if you can. Um, so I just been doing stuff like that and ready to heal up and hopefully catch back up with P. Yeah. How yeah, you feel, sure. man? How did how did how's it how's it been without me? Um so the first so it's been like a week or two. And I, I think the first couple of days it's just like uh you traveling, so again it's that same old where you're like you're still kinda of tired from traveling and stuff, having to pack the bags, move the stuff around. Um the the being without you part, it's just a completely different trip. Like it's it's night and day difference. Uh I don't know too much about like the feelings per se, because like again, close friends and people asking, like, okay, so like what's this mean for your trip with all this? It's like, I mean, I'm gonna try and do what I can, especially up for the stuff we got booked. I'm definitely gonna at least finish all of that stuff out. But we also have friends coming to visit us on the uh Greece part of the trip and stuff too. Um so I wasn't too worried about that part i wasn't concerned more so about me i think i was just continuously thinking about like how you felt and stuff like that so like i've i've traveled by myself before when i lived in the uk so i mm-hmm. have a little bit of experience with, with with doing a trip and i think back that like that living in 2015 by myself kind of really helps me to be in this type of moment by myself so i'm not like worried per se it's just really missing the uh camaraderie type stuff and like splitting those stuff and doing stuff because again like when you travel by yourself is of course you it feels a little bit more unsafe like of course if you feel like you're going out or something then you're not gonna go as crazy or do as much as you would because you don't feel like you don't have somebody who trusts with you and stuff um 
but I think that's normal. So I think a lot of the feelings are just like normal stuff. And I just been doing it like I've been doing everything else, taking it one day at a time, focusing on whatever I can do in that one day at a time. Because uh, I think it's weird. I think it's the same type of feelings we felt when we would get to like some hostels that weren't good and stuff. And we like listening to like Beyonce, you won't bring my soul. You won't bring my soul. Like this is only temporary. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm okay. I base a lot of my stuff around like not around how you're feeling, but just again focusing on like making sure you you were good the whole time. Because again, ain't necessarily nothing like wrong with me. I was glad that you, uh, I don't know that we that everything kind of still lined up the way it did because it could have been way way worse. So exactly. yeah. just definitely grateful for that. I guess. Yeah, I, I definitely something that I realized a, a big thing was like. My tribe was just loving on me. I felt like like I called everybody, let you know, let my my main friends know, my family know, um, and so I just felt like I got a lot of support, um, a lot of encouragement from the people around me. Pete was, of course, I don't know what if I would have done if he wasn't there. So it was just super good to have that somebody there to help you out, and get food, or help you up, or whatever. Because um, it was definitely adjustment. I you know not using. I literally couldn't use my whole leg, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything happens for a reason. My spirits are high. I'm still excited about P's travel. I'm still watching. Sometimes I get jealous and I have to like wait till I can watch your story and stuff. But eventually I'll be like, all right, let me see what he's doing. What are you into? Um, so still excited that you get to continue the journey and, uh, still hoping I can catch back up with you at some point. Yeah. Same. I mean, that's what I'm expecting too. Hoping for Speedy recovery. We're gonna keep this Zen Trap Travels torch going. Come on, um, man. Yeah, I guess any anything else for the review of No, how- I mean Portugal was great. It was good while we were there. Um it was great. I still got to cook in that country, so that was great. Um and just I can't I don't you know, can't wait to hit the cities that I'm missing, but I, I'll do that at another time. But Portugal was definitely good to me. Got anything else? Um, no, not nah, not really. I just again, I hope this doesn't deter anybody else from like traveling and stuff. Uh, shit like this happens. Could this happen could happen anywhere. in the states. Yeah, it happen <laughs> at your house. Could happen wherever. So I just want to make sure like stuff like this don't deter people from doing whatever they want to do. And I think you had a really good uh, perspective and reflection on it that like you just going to use this as a learning opportunity and try to come out better from it. So I, I just think people should try and do the same thing, like uh, control what you can control. Yeah. Hey, another disclaimer, beware the scooters. Every doctor that we saw Talk was like, scooters. damn scooters. Like apparently they have a lot of scooter accidents. So if you get on them, just be careful, be aware, um, do what makes you feel comfortable. Make sure you, you know, you're in safe conditions. I would yeah, find the, one to buy go fast, man. Yeah. They are so fast. And they are not they're too fast for you to just hop off, for sure. Well, Falling yeah. in general, because I've yeah. learned this from whatever, yeah. snowboarding and all this other stuff. When they tell you how to fall, you're not supposed to try and catch yourself with nothing. Yeah. Don't try and catch yourself with your leg or your arm. Especially with your arm and stuff, you'll break your wrist, you'll tear your knee up, break your leg or something. If you feel like you're falling, the best thing to do is to just fall. I know that's hard to say, and it's something you really got to practice, but you learn that from, like, basketball and other stuff, too. If you're going up for, like, a layup and stuff, 
don't I know the, the immediate reaction is to try and like catch yourself and put something, but if all your weight and pressure comes down on your arm or your leg or something, it's the quickest way you're gonna tear something up. You really want to try and fall on like your side, your hip or something, because it's just gonna be a less lesser energy, wherever you got the more meat part at, but hey man, living living you learn. Sure. All right, well, this has been another ZTT Zen Trap Travel. We covered Lisbon, Portugal. Remember, protect your peace. Protect your energy. It's the Zen Trap. Zen Trap, we out. Your potential is a grind, it is what you give, potential's undefined, it is what it is, your potential is a grind, it is what you give, potential's undefined, it is what it is. Potential is not all about the grind, but more about you making up your mind, how much effort you willing to put on the line, how much work to really make your life shine. is a grind it is what you give potentials undefined it is what it is your potential is a grind it is what you give potentials undefined it is what it is like a girl who missed a period you've been waiting on my flow my potential undefined how would i even know who's the master call me bruce leroy cause i got the glow when it's god's plan he e40 tell me when to go the wind doesn't blow it just is what it is cause if it ain't blowing can you even call it wind i never define myself by the losses or the wins only by my effort and how i'm feeling when it ends did i fold or did i bend did i quit or did i sin did i lend a helping hand to my family and my friends put the team up on my back strategize then i attack right now i'm gathering all the knowledge so i can bring it right back our journey is unknown and believe me that's a fact the rest is still unwritten ain't natasha that whole slap destination unknown you can't find it on a map can't google your life purpose you gotta seek it ain't no cap your potential is a grind it is what you give potentials undefined it is what it is your potential is a grind it is what you give potentials undefined it is what it is your potential is a grind it is what you give potentials undefined it is what it is your potential is a grind it is what you give potentials undefined it is what it is zen trap got potential on lock zen trap coming beating down your block we stay spread love and peace if you don't see our potential, let's agree to disagree.